What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let me, let me talk about talk. Here we go. Uh. Ah, he said he living life as a gringo. Where you question, where you fit, and every time you mingle. They say you do this with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. <laughs> this life as a gringo. Yes, welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. Now it is Thursday, which means we have our Thursday Trends episode. And fair warning, it is a bit of a shit show in the world right now. uh, And politics are dominating the headlines, and rightfully so. So I just wanted to give a fair warning. This is incredibly important information for our community. So just a little warning as I cover the Thursday trends for this week and helping me break it all down. My guest is a former congressional candidate for the great state of New Jersey, an activist, a progressive and an anti-money laundering specialist. My guy, Hector Oseguera. How you doing, bro? It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. Drama is always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on, you know, interesting times. Man, interesting times to say the least. And I wanted to get you on here because I always enjoy kind of just talking shop with you when it comes to politics and and social justice issues that we're we're seeing. I mean, over the last couple of years, it's been a a real pleasure to get to kind of have you to to go to with that kind of stuff. So as you said, really interesting times. So I wanted to to focus on kind of what's going on right now in the world of, of politics, because it's something that affects all of us, but especially when we're talking about people of color and kind of the progress we thought we were making and possibly it going backwards from where maybe we even were before a year ago. So I want to get into on today's show, uh, man, uh, some of the the stuff we've been seeing with with Biden and just Democrats overall kind of seemingly to drop the ball all around uh, these these first governor elections that we saw um, this last week with uh, with Virginia and New Jersey kind of being the test dummies for what we might see next year uh i mean let let's also just get into police reform as a whole the whole george floyd policing act and and we'll kind of tie all that together uh maybe we'll touch on abortion rights and what's going on with that and um we'll we'll have some fun also with QAnon and what their latest greatest conspiracy theory is uh and i'll also of course do some positive stuff We'll, we'll celebrate um, a movement that's happening in our community and also somebody who did something incredible uh, in the world of sports for our community. And we'll do all of that. But first, man, let's dive into some of these stories. We'll do a bit of a deep dive in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All right, so let, let's start on, I don't want to say it's a lighter note, but it's definitely a fucking ridiculous note. Let's, let's talk about QAnon for a second here, okay? Um, I'm assuming you've seen the gathering that's happening in Dallas 
um, where hundreds of, of QAnon supporters have gone to the site of, of JFK's uh, murder and are expecting the return of John F. Kennedy Jr. And if that wasn't crazy enough, let's also break down what they think is going to happen when John F. Kennedy Jr. apparently rises from the dead. Um, and, and they believe that he then somehow is going to reinstate former President Donald Trump. Um, and then another uh, popular opinion on the QAnon uh, you know, world is that Trump will then, after he's reinstated, step down so that John F. Kennedy Jr. can become president. Uh, and then former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn would be appointed as JFK's vice president and Donald Trump would become the king of kings. I, I, this is all. And, That's my favorite part. Right. That's my favorite part. <laughs> the king of kings. Bro, but like, all right, so it's easy for us to laugh about this, right? The problem is, though, a lot of the opinions on the right that we're seeing when we see like these YouTube uh, experts, Facebook, TikTok, all of the above, they're kind of getting their cues from QAnon. You know what I mean? Like they're they're kind of maybe not taking on some of the craziest stories, but all of their theories and ideas are wrapped in like what is being discussed in the world of, of QAnon when it comes to, you know, the way that politics are working, you know, the fix, all these different things, right? And and then what gets even scarier is that now I feel like they kind of use the January uh, 6th insurrection as like, it was kind of like, I'm a big true crime fan. I'm not sure if you fuck with true crime like that. A lot. All right. So, you know, when they talk about serial killers, like their first murder was kind of like them fumbling and bumbling through it. Right. And then like over time, they perfected their craft as far as like getting away with it and how they wanted to do yep. things. It almost feels like Jan 6 was that for like the extremists where like that was their fumbling and bumbling. And now they're getting a bit smarter and they're beginning to try and infiltrate the government, which is the scary part. So you have these crazy people running for office, some of which getting elected. I mean, look at somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, yep. you know, and then also Facebook not putting a stop to their nonsense. They're now becoming these gigantic influencers over social media yep. and continue to spread this stuff. I mean, shit, as somebody who ran for office, I mean, all that you're, you're seeing, I mean, what is kind of your, your, your breakdown of everything you've been seeing and your feelings behind it, man? Yeah, right. And starting with the QAnon stuff, mm. it's easy to laugh at. It's easy to poke fun at stuff like that. Right. But what you have to recognize is that these are actual literal human beings. Right. And what they want is that they want something to believe in. Sure. And they want something to believe in so bad that they'll literally buy whatever is being sold to them. Yeah. And when you sell to people, you know, the government's lying to you. Mm -hmm. That's true. The media's lying to you. That's true. Right. And then you keep taking it down and down these trails. You have people who form what I see politically, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's these evangelicals that they're always waiting for the end of the world. Right. You know, the end of the world right. is going to come. Right. You got to you better get right right now yeah. because the end of the world is coming next week. Yep. This is the same thing politically. Mm. And they're basically expecting something that's never going to happen. But keeping them on that string yeah. keeps them a follower right. and they're always going to be looking for a solution. So, you know, what is the what is the answer for us is that we have to sell them something to believe mm. in. Uh, we're going to touch upon this, I, I know, but looking at all the elections, yeah. what you start to see is that for the Democrats saying, I'm not Donald Trump, mm. that's not good enough. Yes. You can't sell people on the other guy sucks. Right. That's And that's what I learned running for office. Yeah, yeah your opponent could be the worst person in the universe. Sure. The next question is going to be, okay, how are you different? Why should I care about you? Yeah. And if you're just saying, well, I'm just that guy a little bit less, right, right. which is a lot of what the Democrats are offering, you know, we're moderates, we're centrists, we're basically Republican light. Mm -hmm. That breeds a vacuum for QAnon type conspiracies to take hold of people and to yeah. lead them down this trail because it's very easy to say, well, look, you don't like the Republicans. The Democrats are just them right. a little bit less. Right. You know, I got something totally different to sell you. Mm -hmm. And this is an analogy I make a lot. But if you think about the 2016 election, mm -hmm. if your entire life you were given the choice between Pepsi and Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. that's all you could choose. Pepsi and Coca-Cola. Right. If somebody says I have orange soda. Yeah. A lot of people are going to be for it right, because right. it's it, even if they don't even like it, yeah. they're just going to say, well, let me get something new this time. Right. Right. And that's what we see happening. That's what we see happening. And that's why I think people should take this stuff seriously with the QAnon stuff, because at the end of the day, these are people looking for something to believe in. Mm. They're just being given this crazy idea. I, I don't think from my perspective, it shouldn't be that hard to give them a more optimistic sure. opinion to believe in, not this. JFK Jr. is going to come back from the dead and make <laughs> right. Donald Trump Jesus Christ. Right. Like, that's 
pretty simple to combat if right. you actually try. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're touching on a lot of incredible points. and I want to get to all of them. And one thing I do want to point out is these are similar tactics that Hitler ran on. Basically, he sold yeah. people on, hey, the, the face of everything wrong with your life are these people, are, are unfortunately the Jewish people is who he decided to select. And essentially, that's very much so the tactics that we're seeing. You know what I mean? Like, a, a lot of Absolutely. this stuff has historical references. I mean, a lot of these guys read these books of how dictators, you know, ran their countries and studied these different tactics and things like that. It's very much actually like um, how cult leaders get people to follow in and buy into yes. what they're, they're selling. You get people who feel so unrepresented, who are so disenfranchised, and then you now sell them on this dream that you have the, the secret sauce to fix all of their problems, you know? Right, right. And you just said how January 6th dovetails into this a lot yeah. and how that might have been just like the trial run. Right. If you look at the history of coups and attempts to overthrow governments, mm -hmm. the first one doesn't usually work. Right. With Hitler, with his, it didn't work the first time. Right. They put him in jail. Right. And then he came out and got to try a second time. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep, you know... People say history repeats itself. I don't think history repeats itself, but it rhymes. Mm. And you have to see the lessons from before yeah. to understand what's going on right now. So, yeah, I think all of these things kind of like tie in together. And if you are not paying attention to what's happening in the culture, meaning this sort of QAnon stuff, mm -hmm. you're not going to be ready for the political version that comes out later yes. because politics is downstream from culture. So mm. this cultural stuff that you're seeing happening with the QAnon stuff right. is going to affect politics, but down the line, and people are going to go asleep to it mm -hmm. like they did during Obama that gave us Trump. Right, right. And also, I mean, even just the idea of misinformation, look at our community. We are like the easy praying targets, and it was proven with Trump and like and, and all these different conspiracy theories you're seeing. I mean, WhatsApp becoming a hub for you know, misinformation because they know that our community uses it as a means to communicate with one another so heavily. I mean, that's kind of to me the the scary part is you have people who who don't speak English as a first language, you know what I mean, are really putting all of their trust in whatever media they're seeing and the commercials that are played throughout it and whatever, you know, nonsense pops up on social media. Uh, and, and that's what also scares me when it comes to our future as Latinos in this country as well. Yeah. And honestly, like that's a real big problem because like I'm just speaking from the Dominican community. I'm sure you could speak for the Puerto Rican community yeah. like that sort of misinformation word of mouth stuff spreads like wildfire. Yeah. And again, you're looking at a community that's poor, that's disenfranchised, mm -hmm. that is a little bit more religious. So they might be a little bit more prone to um like uh, superstition mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's easy for these like little cultural things to catch on. I know a lot of people that were regular Democratic voters, mm -hmm. you know, are dark skinned Latinos. Yeah. They're kind of messing with all that, you know, vaccine hesitancy yeah. and, yep. and all this sort of stuff because it breathes in an ecosystem mm -hmm. where it gets to be reinforced and people don't have a better outlet to, to tell them like, hey, you know, actually this stuff is like BS and yeah. this is not true. And we got to be better at that. We got to be better at policing our own community and yep. say, hey, you know, you guys are talking about this stuff, but like, this is literally not true. Right. And, you know, we have to, that is a very difficult and uncomfortable conversation because I know that in our community, superstition and stories mm -hmm. spread like wildfire yeah. and it's the next thing. And yeah. now everybody's talking about it. And, and it's a very difficult thing to combat. Yeah. And, and listen, rightfully so paranoia, because, I mean, you, you look at the treatment of our people by this government. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm speaking from the Puerto Rican perspective, you know how one third of our population was sterilized at one point, you know, by the right. U.S. government. You know, you're talking right. about bombing on our island, using the, our island as a test testing ground for bombing. And now that, you know, Vieques is becoming the hub for cancer in, in Puerto Rico, you know, and the government right. not taking any sort of responsibility for that um, right. connection. So obviously, I understand the mistrust, but you're absolutely right. I mean, we have to educate each other and, and understand the logic of it. All. And what really frustrates me is and to me, people like Tucker Carlson on Fox News should be brought up on some sort of charges because you have somebody whose company made it a mandate that they're all vaccinated. And, and so they're recognizing that the science is very real. But then he goes on television and spreads all kinds of lies and misinformation and scares people into not wanting to get the vaccine when he himself is is the poster child for getting the vaccine and, and it working. You know what I mean? And and that Absolutely. like, you know, who, who's holding them responsible? To me, that's also incredibly frustrating when it comes to the media, you know? Yeah. The, and the media issue is a big one because, uh, you know, you have freedom of speech, so you could technically say whatever you want. Sure. right? You could lie to your audience all day and night. Right. And if they want to believe it, you could say it's on them. Right. Um, in this country, we used to have what was called the fairness doctrine, which meant that if you put one side mm. 
on your screen, mm-hmm. you have to give the other side an, an opportunity to speak as well. Right. So that people can get both sides mm-hmm. and they make their own decision. I think that that's a much better idea, sure. right? Because if you put both sides up against each other, I, you know, I trust that people on a general basis will be intelligent enough to make their own decisions. Sure. But if you're only pumping them full of one side and that's all they see 24 seven, right. every single day, that's all they're being fed. It's easy to steer them down that direction. Right. And so there, there are ways to ensure that the discourse is more balanced and there it has to be from a source that people trust. Because if you have a cable station like Fox mm-hmm. and you have a cable station like MSNBC, mm-hmm. Republicans go to one, Democrats go to the sure. other, and they say the other one's lying to you and the other one's lying to right, you, right, right? right? So, and and no, nothing gets solved. If you had to put these uh, opinions up against one another and submit them to scrutiny, I think that we will have a much better discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, in this era of social media, it's like the more inflammatory stuff yeah. is what gets more clicks. Yep. And so the media has an incentive to keep it more inflammatory and less fact-based so fact-based mm. stuff is out there, right. but it don't get any clicks. Yeah. Nobody wants to read that stuff. You have to so, dig for it. And that's what's scary is right. you have to dig for the fucking facts, man. That's what makes it. Right. And, and that's what is interesting to me is like, regardless of the aisle that you fall on, I think we all can agree the media is fucking up and a lot of what we're being given is not real facts or it's loose facts or it's kind of like information that's missing other information that would actually give you a bit more of the full perspective. So like when they say fake news, I get it to a degree, right? Like I understand right. that. But that also doesn't mean go to some random person on TikTok and then take them. At right. that. That's where the disconnect lies, where it's like, I understand your distrust with the media, but that doesn't mean put all your eggs into the basket of some random person on social media who has no real credentials. You know what I mean? Aside from telling you that Absolutely. they have credentials. And that's what we have to fight, right? Is mm-hmm. that if, if you're not trusting, you know, the media, who are you turning to? Right. And that's where we got to really watch it because yeah, now we have all these like, you know, QAnon, mm-hmm. uh, TikTokers, YouTubers, all these people who literally don't know anything and they're just putting words on a screen. Right. And now people are believing that and they'll share that as information. And then other people share that as information. And you have uh, like a very bad incentive. Uh, mm-hmm. And and of course, the social media companies want to share it more and more and more. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Facebook, that that's, was their bread and butter. You know what I mean? The more they can get you arguing in the comments, the better for, for them. And we, we saw that, you know. Absolutely. I mean, let, let's more kind ad- of, exactly. More ads and revenue for them. Um, I mean, I want to touch on, on the um, the gubernatorial race that you mentioned that. Yes. Uh, first, though, let, let's kind of let's touch on Biden for a second, though, because I kind yeah. of feel like he sets the stage for all that we saw. hundred um, percent. Uh, you know, th- this week when it comes to these races. Um, but let's take a, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll take a quick break, though, and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right rug flooring. 
All right, so we're back. And I mean, I, I think to me, his build back better plan and kind of how it's become this watered down version of what it once was, his yeah. inability to now even get that watered down version to quickly pass through is still, right. it, it's showcasing this dude is just not doing what we need him to do. And it really, I, I think, has, you know, made people's faith in Democrats as a whole go go downhill. But let's just talk about how you see Biden, who I'm assuming you you voted for in this last election. I mean, how would you kind of grade all that you're, you're seeing? Yeah, I would give him a sharp F minus, mm, honestly, wow. a sharp F minus, because uh, the president does set the tone from the top. Mm -hmm. And what happened in New Jersey and what happened in Virginia is 100 percent a representation of what's going on with Biden. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I don't know if you know, but your viewers might not know. I was heavily involved in the Jersey City elections, yeah. right? A lot of the, my uh, friends were running in elections and I was helping them. So I was doing text banking. Mm -hmm. I sent a lot of texts. I sent probably 20,000 texts. Half the people who respond are talking to me about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Mm. And I'm telling them, I'm asking you about Jersey City elections. Right. I'm not talking about, I'm not even talking about the gubernatorial election. Yeah. Forget the presidential election. Right. But it shows you that that's what's on people's minds. Sure. And the president will set the tone from the top. Mm -hmm. How's it been? It's been an absolute failure, right? Um, he is not able to get through uh, his signature piece. Mm -hmm. If you're a student of history, you know that when Obama got into office, he had two years to pass one major thing. It was Obamacare. Right. And and that was it. After that, he got blocked. Mm -hmm. So this is supposed to be the one thing right. that Biden gets before the next elections come and he loses right. his majority and he can't get anything. While we have the House and the right. Senate, I want to add. Right. Also, which it's supposed While, to have been like, easy peasy, let's get it all done, right? Right. And so he sh so this is what happens. When Republicans get into power, they play to their base, mm -hmm. the people who voted for them. Yeah. When Democrats get into power, they try to play to people who will never vote for them, right, which right. is these moderate type of Republicans that they say, oh, well, if we just water it down enough, mm -hmm. those Republicans will come to our side. Yeah. And it never happens. Right. It never it didn't happen to Obama. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it never happens. And so the lesson I think that the Democrats should learn, double down on the people who voted for you. Right. Who got who got Joe Biden across the finish line in the primaries? Mm -hmm. Black voters. Yep. Black women voters. Yes. Where is Joe Biden's agenda for black women? Right. Right. What, what political party wins and then ignores the people who put them into office? Right. Well, it it shows you that like racism is so far ingrained in everything because obviously the Republicans have no problem hiding some of the blatant kind of racial tactics that they use. The Democrats yeah. will placate to you and pretend, you know what I mean? I, I talk about they're like a dude who's just trying to smash. You know what I mean? They're telling you everything. Yeah. Oh, you know man. what I'm saying? Like, they're telling you everything you want to hear. They're, they're buttering you up. And then once they get what they want, it's like, oh, sorry, I'm too busy they to dip. hang out. You know what I'm saying? They yep. ghost you. And oh yeah. And, and that that to me, it's like, it, it's, it's incredibly frustrating from an obvious standpoint of like, you know, what the fuck? We're, we're placing all of our sort of, you know, uh, our, our eggs in your basket. But B, we have no other choice at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because right. there is no third party candidate that could legitimately actually, you know, take down some of these bigger positions of governor or heirs to the Senate or, you know, even right. or presidency, you know. So it's it's a very frustrating kind of thing. And I don't even know what the, the answer is, to be perfectly honest with you. I wish I, I wish I did. Well, the, honestly, to, I'll give you the answer. Mm -hmm. And it's that the Democrats should double down on the people who vote for them. Yeah. If Joe Biden came into office and he canceled student loan debt, mm -hmm. if he came into office and uh, said that he was going to pass health care for everybody, sure. if he came into office and just, you know, again, the Republicans get into power and they never have an excuse that, oh, we couldn't get it done. Right. Sorry, guys. Right. Why, why is it every time the Democrats get into power? It's always this, oh, man, you know, we wish we could have helped you, but right. you know, the, the Republicans stopped us this time. If we got minimum wage to $15 an hour, if we got health care, we got mm -hmm. climate change. These are things Joe Biden could do with, with a pen. Yeah. But he's afraid that those moderates are going to say, oh, man, he went too far to the left right. and now we can't support him. The Democrats have to stop being afraid mm -hmm. of being portrayed as going too far to the left, because what they're really trying to say is, oh, well, now they're really placating to their base. Sure. Right. Which, again, like you said, it's racism is so ingrained when the Republicans do it. Oh, man, that's their base. They got to placate. Them. Right. Right. When the Democrats do it is, oh, why are they being so divisive? Mm -hmm. How come they're not 
how, I thought you're supposed to be the president for everybody. Right. right. That's what they said to Obama. Yeah. Oh, you can't do things for black people. You got to be everybody's president. Right. How come that only applies to Democrats, never to Republicans? Sure. No, that, that's that's a great point. I mean, Republicans can be as shameless as, as they want. Like Trump had no problem forcing his way and forcing his will. You know, and he didn't, you know, give a shit about the bad press that he was getting. And, no excuses, right, nothing. It, and for better or worse, that's why his his base was so loyal to him. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. to the point that even after he completely dropped the ball on his response to COVID, he still had a shot at winning this last election. You know what I'm saying? It was, he almost won. Exactly. That that's what's so crazy about it. And people like Joe Biden don't seem to realize that. And and it's uh it's sad because I think you know Joe Biden would be an okay president for normal times if we were living in normal times where there wasn't so many crises you know uh, on on the horizon he'd be okay. But we need somebody who's radical. We need somebody who's unafraid to take the punishment, take the bad press, and just get shit done for the people that are putting them in office. Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% agree. It's it's all about the perspective that you take when you're in power. You mm-hmm. know, who are you catering to? Right. If you're catering to your base, the people who put you in power, I think that those people will be comfortable giving you power again. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, why are those people going to vote for you next time around? If I put you in office and then you blow me off, it's like that dude who's just trying to smash. Is the person going to let them back in a second time? Right. Right. Probably not. Right. So right. why would you why would you behave that way? Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's a great a, a great point. Um, and, and then let's get into the, the governor's race um, that we saw, because a lot of what we saw, it's a trickle down effect, like you said, from the top, you know, Absolutely. and the fact that he has not been able to energize Democrats or people to vote Democrat. I mean, he, he was out there. He was in Virginia campaigning, saying all the right things. But at the end of the day, you know, Virginia, which was a state that voted for for Joe Biden in 2020. They ended up going, uh, you know, red. You know, Glenn Youngkin won Virginia. New Jersey at the time of recording is too close to call, but it shouldn't even be this close. It, it's at all. It, it's scary that it's this fucking close. And actually, when you're Absolutely. you're seeing that counties in New Jersey that Joe Biden won are actually now flipping red, uh, which is a, in, incredibly scary. So, I mean, you know, go ahead and give me kind of your your knee jerk reaction to to what you've seen over this last day. Yeah. And I think that it sort of just dovetails great off the conversation that we just had, because I would say put those two gubernatorial candidates up against one another. Mm-hmm. Right. You have Phil Murphy mm-hmm. in New Jersey and you have uh, Terry McAuliffe in Virginia. Both are supposed to be reliable blue states. Sure. Yes, they can elect a Republican governor. We ha- we just had Chris Christie. Yep. But at the presidential level, they tend to go blue very repeatedly. Right. right? Um, Phil Murphy, not as progressive as I would like, mm-hmm. but campaigned with Bernie Sanders, right. um, gave uh, IDs to undocumented individuals, mm-hmm. uh, a millionaire's tax. You could put him more in the progressive sphere. Sure. He's just squeaking by. Yeah. Just squeaking by. Look at Terry McAuliffe in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Runs as an unabashed moderate. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of the road. Right. Guy, get, guy gets blown out. Yeah. He's getting blown out. And he was supposed to be the favorite. Yeah. So it's not just that he lost in a 50-50. People expected him to be the favorite. Yeah. So so where's that difference? Who is it that put uh, Governor Murphy over the top, you know, assuming that he's going to just squeak by, which is what the projections are looking like? If he just squeaks by and Terry McAuliffe loses, who is it that voted? What are the type of people that voted for Governor Murphy but did not vote? For Terry McAuliffe, mm-hmm. it's those base voters, your bread and butter yeah. people, the black and brown voters mm-hmm. in the city yep. who are either energized to vote for somebody because he did something for them right. or will not vote for you because you're just selling me your Republican light. Yeah. And so that's what our media, our media is always against my side, the progressives. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm watching the news. All they say, oh, man, uh, did Joe Biden go too far left? Are the Democrats going too far left? Right. They never inspect the moderates and say maybe there's something wrong with trying to sell people Republican light. Yeah, because it doesn't seem to work. Mm-hmm. Look, look at presidentials. Look at Hillary Clinton. Look at the people who are able to get the support of the people mm-hmm. and the people that people are like, oh well, I guess they don't need me, so I'm not going to support them. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's where the difference is. Those black and brown voters who I would say, if you could put Virginia, New Jersey, right next to each other. Mm-hmm. There were people in New Jersey who said, you know, Governor Murphy m- might not be perfect in my eyes, yes. but at least he's done enough policy wise mm. that I'm going to go out and vote for him. Sure. And who did not make that same calculation in Virginia. Right. And that's where I think the discourse should focus on is like, 
How do you give people something to vote for and stop trying to say, well, I'm not Donald Trump? Because clearly that's not going to work anymore. Right, right. And it's, it's funny you say, because they always go to, are Democrats becoming too progressive? Yeah. Where, where, in what policy are they passing that is so progressive? You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I haven't seen anything with student loan debt, like you've mentioned, still there. Right. You know, we're still right. seeing a problem at the border where they're being told to stay in place. So where, right. you know, the, the George Floyd Policing Act, dead in the water, right. you know what I'm Police reform, yep. dead in the water, essentially. So yep. where are these progressive things that apparently are killing and scaring away people from voting Democrat? They're, they're non-existent. They're non-existent. And, and it's, that's a, that's like a, a, shell mm -hmm. that they put on the conversation that the progressives we don't take the corporate money mm -hmm. so that's what they're really focused on right. is that and look at terry mcauliffe um there's this capitalist group called the carlisle group which is an evil villain very evil mm -hmm. to like easy to paint them as evil sure. and glenn youngkin is employed by the carlisle group mm -hmm. now how come terry mcauliffe didn't use that against right. him? right because his wife is employed by the carlisle group <laughs> right and so he needs that bread sure and so you, what you need is to give an honest split from that corporate party that honestly doesn't get any individual human support. What they get is a lot of money right. from corporations, which can be used to buy support, right? right? If you give me a million bucks, I can make it look like I'm the, I'm the greatest person in the world. Mm -hmm. But are people going to really turn out on election day? Probably not. Mm -hmm. If you give people an actual difference, that's what's going to make a difference. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and actually, something I've always kind of wondered and, and, you know, kind of gone through my head and maybe you can speak to it more because you've actually ran for office. But what stops people like Bernie Sanders and AOC from like just breaking away and essentially starting their own third party? I mean, you know, that is based upon their own individual popularity that they have. They have bases that will go with them. They can be the ones to kind of set that fire. What stops them from from doing that to help us kind of have this other third option? That's a great question. And it's something that people ask a lot, mm -hmm. right? It, I would say this. In a perfect world, America will probably have four parties, sure. right? There will be a Bernie Sanders AOC party. Mm -hmm. There will be a regular Joe Biden Democrat party. Mm -hmm. There would be a regular Republican party. And then there would be the Trump party, sure. right? That's, that's how our politics really breaks down. But the way that our political system is set up is that the parties have a tremendous advantage mm -hmm. over anybody else, right? Anybody else. Yeah. So imagine that you and me are going to play a game of basketball, right? Mm -hmm. But I tell you, the only way you could play is if you tie both your arms and both your legs together. Right, right. And that, that's what it is to run as a third party in America. Mm -hmm. You don't have to support very, like they get single digit percentages. Sure. And that's unfortunate, but that's kind of the way that we've set up the system. To me, the best way to do it is to have a third party type candidate mm -hmm. run through one of the major parties. And that's what I think Donald Trump did because Donald Trump was far yeah. off the Republican spectrum. Right. So he would he would kind of qualify as a third party type candidate. Yeah. But he he recognized that he needed to get within a major party. And Bernie Sanders made the same calculation. Right, he's, a, say, yeah. he's technically an independent. Yeah. Right. But he recognized that if I run as an independent, I won't get any media yeah. attention. I won't get any fundraising. I won't get anything that will lead to a victory. So you have to get those candidates to run through the major party system, because unfortunately, that's the system that we that we have set up right now. Yeah. And if you try to run as a third party, that's like try, trying to play a game of basketball, but both your arms and both your legs are right. tied together. That's that's the type of chance that you have of winning. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, but the fucked up thing is that Bernie doing that should have actually been the presidential candidate. But the Democrats right. found a way to fuck him over, essentially. Absolutely. And fucking made this whole thing that we're seeing right now, essentially, that gave way to the Trump era and this crazy, nonsensical kind of world that we're living in right now. That's the, the crazy part 100%. about it. I mean, it, 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 it's just so fucking frustrating. I think it's, it's so frustrating as a Democrat, you know, or somebody who votes Democrat, because I don't ever want to call myself just a, a Democrat. I'm always open to what right. is, is out there. But. It's like we have no choice because now you, you think about the upcoming presidential election, even, you know, and setting the stage for that. It's like, what is that going to look like? Yeah, exactly. So we are in very troubling times right now. And that's why I think it's important for the Democratic Party to take what happened yesterday mm -hmm. as like that red flag of like, you got to do something different. This is your, you know, come to Jesus moment. Yeah. And, you know, are you going to change course or are you going to try to stay where you are and, and say, no, 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 if we just doubled because that's what's going on in the media yeah. right now. They're like, no, 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 we should have been more moderate. Right. And that would have been 
That would right. have been the savior. Yeah. And that, that's what you get from the media, unfortunately. Right. Oh, well, if we just did more of the same, right. then we would do better. Mm-hmm. No. And it, it's it's almost it's it's weird how they can just ignore like what the everyday people are saying. Like it's right there for you. People aren't happy on social media. They're expressing their right. views. People of color are saying, what the fuck? Like black people are saying, right. what the fuck? We voted for you based upon what you said you were going to do for us. And it's not happening. And, and like you've said, again, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, college tuition, student loans, all that kind of stuff. Like, where are you? Are you advocating for us on all of those things that it's not happening, you know? Um, and one thing that that's interesting, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to this is kind of the platform uh, that uh, that the, the Republican in, in uh, Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, ran on was this idea of uh, it was like critical race theory. Right. It was this, this huge yes. debate that's been happening about teaching this in school. And um, and he ran on, on this kind of thing like they're trying to poison us. They're trying to make us think about everything with race. And, and for anyone that doesn't doesn't know, I want to just kind of read the. Uh, a broad definition of critical race theory, which is an approach to studying U.S. policies and institutions that is most often taught in law schools. Its foundations date back to the 1970s when law professors, including Harvard Law School's Derek Bell, began exploring how race and racism have shaped American law and society, right? So it's basically just teaching us the real truth of America and and how race and racism itself has been so ingrained in the fabric of our of our country that it's led to policies and and basically the way that we live and why we see so much you know um you know get such a gap in different areas of of life whether it be the wage gap you know when it comes to uh women of color and and, and people of color you know when it comes to home ownership and small business grants all these different things it's essentially teaching why that's set up that way but then you have one side who is trying to hide and continue to to bury this history and then they're winning based upon that platform of fighting back against the truth and that, and that to me is what's extremely scary it's like all the progress we feel like we've made over the last year almost gets wiped away when you see things like this that's what it feels like a hundred percent a hundred percent and and you're right the progress that we make is unbelievably fragile mm-hmm. and it's not guaranteed to stay right and i think the critical race theory debate is a great one and and i'm gonna I'm a give you credit but i'm also also gonna get you okay because you're you're having a conversation about what critical race theory actually is sure. and the facts of it. That's not what Republicans want you to talk right. about. Um, this is what's called the culture wars, right? They they don't want to talk about critical race right. theory because they would lose that debate. They want to have uh, a debate about being too woke right. or making white people feel guilty right. about being white. That's what they're really sure. because and and this is again a tried and true tactic. Mm-hmm. Look up, look up the Willie Horton ad from the 1980s when George W. Bush was running for president. This ad is basically like, well, the the Democrats are going to let criminals out to rape you and your women and your children. That's what they're trying to sell you. Right. That and and obviously, if that's what you're going to take in, this debate about academic, you know, classes mm-hmm. and law school, they don't, they're not hearing right. that. They're hearing uh, the Democrats want you to feel guilty for being white. Right. The Republicans are very good at branding these issues. Mm-hmm. And us on the other side, the progressives, we're terrible, right. terrible at branding. That's where we're losing a lot of the debate because we're we're expecting people to have a conversation on this level mm-hmm. where we're talking about the actual facts and what's really happening. Right. That's not where the conversation is. It's down here yeah. where people are like, oh, well, I'm not going to feel guilty for being sure. white. I'm not a racist. I didn't own right, slaves. Right. That, and that's going to prevail in people's minds. This is something I, t- I used to tell people always when I was running for office. Mm-hmm. You can appeal to people's brains or you can appeal to people's mm-hmm. hearts. If you appeal to their brains and somebody else appeals to their heart, you're going to lose because people are going to listen to their heart over their brain. Mm-hmm. So if we're trying to have a debate about what critical race theory actually mm-hmm. is and what affects, because it's obviously a very important subject to understand mm-hmm. how we got to the society that we're right. at the history of redlining mm-hmm. of mass incarceration those yep. are very important topics that's not what they're talking yeah. about they're talking about the democrats are too right. woke they want you to feel bad for being yeah. white they, they're this cancel and the third, culture. mr potato yeah. head Exa- cancel culture right. all that right. stuff that and that has more power mm-hmm. as a political issue than talking about the actual facts and mm-hmm. that's the real problem and that's why a dude like young can, yeah. can win yeah. because that's what prevails when you make people vote on those two issues they're gonna vote their heart a hundred percent of the time yeah it, 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 it's true i mean it reminds me of this like family guy episode when lois is running for office and she just keeps saying 9 11 over and over and, it, and everybody yes. ends up voting for her and like hang on every word she says 
and and you're yeah. you're you're absolutely right because they're just they're just kind of debating the um pop culture t- aspect of it and not actually talking about what it really means and what the debate is. And and the last thing I'll say is, you know, I, I know a lot of people would be like, well, don't we get tired of talking about race in this country and all these different things? Like, I don't know if you saw some of these different stories that have been coming out, but like, let's talk Kyle Rittenhouse uh, in Wisconsin, yes. the judge saying that you could not call the people that he murdered. Not victims. Victim. Like, what? They're rioters, yeah, it's, right? it's okay to call them rioters and looters, right? But not victims for being murdered. Or an Alabama judge that was um, that lost his job for saying George Floyd deserved what he got. Yes. Like, yeah. like this is what's scary because you have to then think uh, a black man in this country going up in, in court for something is facing a it's going to face that judge yeah you can't tell me that that doesn't have some sort of impact in the way that that case potentially could go like that's what's really scary and i feel like that's what like our white counterparts miss is that race is so far ingrained in certain things that in aspects and in certain places and of course not everybody but there shouldn't be anybody in those types of positions that can tell you you know that can basically seal the the fate of your freedom in this world and they can use their own bias to to kind of convict you of something. That's what fucking scares the hell out of me when it comes to all this. Absolutely. And and this is the thing is that we tend to focus on individual cases, right? Mm-hmm. A single black man going behind this yep. judge, right? But we got to think about it systematically right. over the course of our entire country. Mm-hmm. How many black men have to see judges like right. that judge, right. right? It's not one guy. It's the thousands we don't know right. about. In Jersey City, in Jersey City, they just found out that uh, at least 20 police officers are with the Oath Keepers, which wow. is one of those groups that was out there in January 6th wow. trying to bring down the government. Yeah. These are police officers. Right. In an area. These are people who pull. Yeah, in, in an a, area, by the way, doesn't know that is primarily black and brown. You know what I mean? Like, that that's what's right. scary. That's, that's fucking terrifying. They get to live out their racism mm-hmm. on us as a population. And if they kill yeah. you, you have to defend yourself. He doesn't have to defend why he killed right. you. You see what I'm yeah. saying? And so, yeah. A lot of our white counterparts is like, oh, it's not all about race. It's not. It, it, maybe it's not all about race, but there are certain places you can't remove mm-hmm. the racial aspect to True. it because even if it doesn't manifest in one individual case, right. systematically, right. it's going to manifest over the course of thousands and thousands of people's lives in ways that we may never mm-hmm. get to know about because we don't get to be in that cop's head to right. know why did you pull that person over? Why did you pull that trigger? Right. So, yeah, I think that, you know, nobody's more tired of talking about race than people who are now right. white, right? <laughs> like, we're sick of talking about yeah. racism, too. But it's not incumbent upon sure. us. We can't stop racism. Right. It's about the people who perpetuate yes. it to stop yeah, it. Yeah, and if, so if we don't talk about race, then the same race, racist shit that has been happening in this country will continue on and there will never be a change or, or never be, you know, equality for all of us in this country, at least, you know, as close to it as we possibly could get. Absolutely. I, I agree 100 percent. And I think that those conversations are difficult. Mm-hmm. They're hard. People don't like it. There's a defensiveness mm-hmm. that comes when you try to talk to specifically white people about racism. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that these uncomfortable conversations have to be had because I've never heard of a problem that gets solved by ignoring it. Yeah, no, and that's that's a great, great point. So I mean, we've we've talked about the shits, babe. We got into the shits, you know, uh, that we've been seeing lately. Let let's kind of uh, move on to something good that we'll kind of end on over here uh, as far as our conversation, and we'll honor some people from our community out there doing their thing. Uh, we'll do it in the mihente segment of the show. But first, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prinze Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. For for this week's Mi Gente uh, segment, I want to talk about baseball and Major League Baseball as a whole. I mean, the World Series we saw on both sides as far as the Astros and the Braves go, Latino representation. I saw so many people on my social media feed just really excited, getting animated about this. I mean, you're seeing little kids excited about what they're seeing. I mean, even, um, you know, the, the Major League Baseball Players Association put on their website, uh, and I quote, the increase in Hispanic talent in Major League Baseball has improved the quality, style, and culture of our game, which is a, a beautiful thing to hear. And then, Woo-woo. exactly. And then you see, I mean, the World Series MVP was was Jorge Soler, who is actually the second uh, Cuban-born player to be the World Series MVP. So, Man, we, we have to have to salute, you know, a, a spot that's really, I think, inspiring uh, a lot of people because at the end of the day, man, representation matters. You know what I mean? Like what you Hell what yeah. you see as a kid really does help inspire you to believe that you can do something, you know? Absolutely. And I think uh, with Jose Soler is is an even greater accomplishment hmm. because he's Cuban born. Right. Yeah. And in America, we have one view of what Cubans are supposed to look sure. like. Sure. And um, I had I had a lot of friends uh, who are older than me and they were like, I was born and raised in Hudson County. I knew so many Cubans my whole life. Mm-hmm. Then I, I, w- I went to visit uh, Cuba and I seen all these black people right. and I was like, what was going on? Right. And, and so I think that it is beautiful to see a dark skinned Cuban mm-hmm. man out there representing for the people, because I, I think you're right that that those are psychological um, messages yeah. that a little kid is going to get of like, wow. You know, the Cuban people are not one color. Right. We're not one race. Yeah. We we have a multiplicity mm-hmm. of, of, of skin tones and we have a multiplicity of people. And I think that the beautiful thing about this Latino culture of ours mm-hmm. is that we get the whole broad spectrum sure. of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, religion, mm-hmm. race, the whole shebang. Yeah. And I think to see somebody like him put up and, and I, I'll even find a link to the politics of it, right? Yeah. Is that here's a black man who made a magnificent contribution to mm-hmm. getting his team yeah. over the hump yeah. and and getting them into you know a title yeah. right absolutely that without him without the labor that this black latino man put into it right. would would they be in the same position right. and and it's not just this one game it's over the course of his career absolutely. and it's not just him it's all the other black cubans absolutely. who never got the chance to play mm-hmm. on that sort of stage for a team like the Atlanta Braves yep. in a sport like baseball that skews heavily white mm-hmm. sometimes, yep. even though it's held up by a lot of black and Latino players yep. and black and Latino fans mm-hmm. and has is going global. Because I know a lot of people in other parts of the world, Japan, mm-hmm. Asia, are starting to come to baseball right. and opening these sorts of doors, I think, gives people the message that, you know, this is a game that's inclusionary. You could come. It's it's about your talent. It it is sort of like that American dream uh, idealism that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you speak. You you don't even have to speak English. You could play the game and and we'll respect you for that. And and that's what we're going to measure you upon. No, absolutely. And I I think it's it's, to your point, it's beautiful to see that like the face of baseball that is outwardly being portrayed is not just being portrayed in one way. You know what I mean? It's not just uh, a white baseball player. We're seeing, you know, uh, Latino representation like we're talking about with Jorge and, and black representation with him and then also Asian representation you know what I mean there's a lot of just great diverse players happening in, in this sport and it's a beautiful thing to see them propelled as like the face and the kind of modern and future of, of the sport as well yeah absolutely and I think that this is 
culture wide, right? Yeah. And we're seeing this happen now. We we see it in movies, we see it in TV, we see it in sports, and it's a positive sign. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't. We as much as I want to feel good about it, right? right? I, I'm that political person. I'm saying, yeah. listen. This is great. Let's get another one. Yeah. I want the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth Cuban yeah. winning the MVP because that is when we really get to say, like, you don't have to, you know, we, I feel like sometimes when they celebrate mm-hmm. stuff like this is they're trying to say, oh, well, we didn't see you in that position right, before. Right. Now we do, yeah. but we didn't see you in that position. I want to be in a world where we don't have to be seen in that position. Right. We are in that position. Absolutely. Where it, it doesn't even have to become, oh, he's the second to do whatever. It's just like, hey, right. Jorge's the MVP. It doesn't have, doesn't, you know what I mean? Like it just becomes so normalized of us being in those positions of being outward facing like that. Absolutely. We should celebrate our exceptionalism and not mm-hmm. look at it as like a, as like an exception, but as a rule. Yeah, no. And that, that's a beautiful way to put it. So, I mean, Hector, let, let's quickly get into to all that you, you know, you're working on and all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously we, we've touched on this, you know, you ran for for Congress, uh, you know, this this last year. Uh, I mean, obviously, it didn't turn out the way that we all had hoped. But to your point, you've stayed in it. You know what I mean? Like you've stayed in the mix and, and advocating and speaking out on behalf and supporting other people's campaigns. So, I mean, talk to me about kind of what you've been working on, you know, uh, since since the election and, and all that you're into right now. Yeah. So, you know, ever since my congressional run, I've sort of decided to turn back into the local politics. And Mm. that's really where I focused a lot of my energy, getting people elected uh, on county committee, which is basically a like two block radius of like you represent just literally your neighborhood up to Jersey City Council, um, which just happened last night as well. And honestly, I, I have come to decide that or realize that at the end of the day, you could vote for president and that's important, mm-hmm. but your mayor has more of an effect on your local life, sure. on your daily life mm-hmm. than any president will ever have. And so I think I've come to the realization or to the conclusion that I would like to affect politics more on the local level. Mm-hmm. And then that can trickle up to you know the state level and then maybe the national level. But we got to take care of at home. So I'm very involved in Jersey City mm-hmm. because that is really one. It was one of my highest percentage uh, municipalities. Sure. We did very, very well in Jersey City. As you know, it's a young, diverse yeah. uh, community. And so that's the heart of where we should be targeting mm-hmm. our voter outreach and bringing those people out to vote. That's really what I'm focusing on, getting more people involved, getting more people to want to run for office. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'm glad for every single person that supported me, every single person that voted for sure. me. But it was never about me. Is more about them. Yeah. So I want people to look in the mirror and see themselves doing the same sort of thing that I did mm-hmm. and wanting to take charge of their local community. So I'm involved in Jersey City. Um, I'm on the Union City Planning Board. Mm-hmm. So I get to make decisions as to what sort of housing gets built in Union City. Mm-hmm. Union City is still a very affordable immigrant working class community. Sure. And, we, and we really want to keep it that way. And so I've been able to do some work in that regard. But ultimately, I'm going to stay involved forever. I'm going to continue to stay involved because this is not, you know, we've talked about this already. Progress is not set in stone. Yeah. It can go backwards and it can go forwards. If if we're going to have an effect, I'd rather try to push the progress forward mm-hmm. than sit at home and, and hope that things get better because I, I've seen where that leads sure. and I didn't like it. Yeah. So that's what led me to get involved. And I hope that any person who looks at, at their community and says, you know, I don't really like what's going on, will feel that spark to do whatever they want to do. You know, you don't have to run for office. Yeah. Whatever you want to do to get yourself involved in your community and have a real effective change on the sorts of policies that are going to affect you and your family. I, I love that, bro. I mean, and especially when we talk about and I've, I talk about this all the time on the podcast, when we look at the census reports and we see the Latino population growing in these these numbers and the way that it's growing. It's important. Like now is our time. You know what I mean? Now is our time to advocate for ourselves and to get involved in what is happening and to have a say. I mean, so quickly, I mean, I feel like there's always this, it feels like this barrier to entry of politics and how to get involved in it. I mean, yeah. anybody that is like, I'm inspired, but I just have no idea where to start. Like, what would you recommend? Like, what are the kind of the f- first steps for people? Shoot me a DM. That's <laughs> your first it. step. No, but honestly, um, you know, what I really did is I, I just went out into the community yeah. and started finding the activists and, and asking them what they do, how I could help them. Sure. That's, you know, you see Solidarity and Mutual Aid Jersey City. Mm-hmm. Um, mutual Aid is a great, I would say, opening door for people to get involved because that's literally helping somebody. Like Mutual Aid is giving somebody a meal that they don't have, mm-hmm. clothes that they don't have, and, and, give, and materially changing their lives yeah. right now. Not this political stuff of vote and two years later sure. is going to materialize. 
mutual aid is, is right here right now so that's big but honestly anybody who wants advice or to get involved you know you can find me on social media mm-hmm. it's my last name Osegueda 2020 on twitter on instagram facebook whatever whatever you use and i'll help you get involved we need more people mm-hmm. anybody who's watching this show is the type of person who we need mm-hmm. getting involved so staying involved in jersey city um, staying involved in your local community and finding those issues that you care about mm-hmm. and finding the people doing work on those issues and trying to help them out. I think that's the best way to get involved. And, and it, I know it feels like, oh, what is politics? Sure. I don't even know. But at the end of the day, politics is what sort of society you want to live in. That's mm. all it means. Yeah. It's like, what sort of world do you want to live in? If you have an opinion or if you have an idea as to what sort of world we need to live in that we're not doing, mm-hmm. you need to get involved in politics because you're the person we need. I love that, my bro. Well, listen, it's always amazing getting to, to catch up with you and just have these conversations, you know, uh, and I appreciate you, you know, sharing your ideas with with everybody on my on my platform. And hopefully we get to, to catch up in person soon, man. It's been too long. No doubt, man. Yeah. Love to do that. And we'll catch you around. Big shout to Hector for. For hopping on, help me break down some of that information. I hope that it was, um, man, as informative for you as it was for for me, and and just you understand the importance of of staying, you know, informed, uh, and and understanding all that's happening right now. And speaking of y'all, of course, I want to hear your opinions. I want you to chime in as we always do, and we'll do that in our Ask a Gringo segment. Ask a Gringo. All right, so for today's Ask a Gringo segment, anybody that's new here at DJ Drombos on Instagram, I try to make y'all a part of each and every conversation that we have on the podcast. So you can check my stories throughout the week, and I'll be posting in there um, different questions that I'll be reading out here on the podcast. And today's question was, how do you feel about the current state of our country and our government as a whole and of course, this brung up some touchy subjects, some touchy answers from people. So I'll try and get through a few here. Let me see. At Glamorista 8 says, I'm so disappointed at how close this election is in New Jersey. Was Murphy really that bad? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us are shocked, obviously, how close it was. I mean, I started to get a feeling for it um, just kind of driving around the area and, and driving around the state, I should say, seeing a lot of signs for Murphy's opponent. Jack Cattarelli. Um, I mean, personally, as somebody who's lived in New Jersey for for the years and and definitely, obviously, the entirety of his uh his, his term as as governor, I haven't really had an issue with Governor Murphy. I think, like um Hector brought up, you know, he's had some progressive policies that um you know I think we could stand behind, or personally, I can stand behind, I should say. And also, to be honest, I I appreciated the way that he handled COVID. I I like that New Jersey was one of the stricter states. When it came to the rules, I know that it was incredibly tough for a lot of people, um, especially if you worked in the nightlife or restaurant industry. And my heart definitely goes out to you. But at the same time, I appreciate that he took a stand for trying to keep us safe when it came to COVID and all these different things. So uh, for me personally, I voted for for Murphy this time around. I haven't had any issues. I mean, obviously, uh, I would love for property taxes to go down in New Jersey um, as a as a homeowner. So, of course, there is room for improvement. But overall, I personally didn't think he was that bad. And it's definitely scary to think, um, you know, how close this this race was. And especially, like I mentioned earlier, certain counties that were once blue, flipping red and things like that. Um, I think it's definitely, man, it needs to be a wake up call for, for Democrats around the country that, you know, they really need to to step up their game and, and cam- campaign on shit that people actually care about, actually go down and speak to the people. That's Rebecca underscore DLM said, no one is going to agree with anyone. Both parties should compromise some of their ideas and come to middle ground. I'm a military spouse, which you could say the military community leans more to the right. And I'm in the middle. I'm first generation American. And it's been a pain in the ass getting my mom and siblings papers because the system is so broken. Even the own military doesn't care so much about their own soldiers and the soldiers families. They only care about the money and looking strong no matter how that affects the people actually doing the fighting. And that's a great, great uh, point right there when you're talking about the military. Um, and I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I think there needs to be compromise, right? That's the idea. And actually, to my own frustration, Biden has been trying to compromise with Republicans, um, even though it's very obvious they have no interest in doing anything with him. But that's a topic for another conversation. 
Now, you talk about your military, and I, I love that you brought this up because I think it's ironic. You have so many people pro-American this, right? And especially on, on like the right. They're so pro-American, right? Don't you dare kneel for our flag because it's such a disgrace to our military serving proudly over, you know, overseas and, and serving this country and protecting us. Well, if we're talking about disgraces, how about the lack of aid and support that's provided for military veterans? Like, like for example, John Stewart on his, his new show on Apple Apple Plus was talking about military veterans and trying to find justice for them, uh, for those who are who are feeling the effects of burn pits when they were serving overseas in Afghanistan. And and that and basically, for anybody's not super familiar, there was toxic smoke that many of these soldiers serving in Afghanistan that they inhaled. Um, basically, a burn pit you would throw any of your excess like waste gas even as far as like tanks guns anything that was broken they would just burn everything over there and that would permeate throughout the air and people were breathing that in the soldiers were breathing that in and many of whom and uh, and it's like estimated like over three million um were exposed to this toxic smoke and it's led to all kinds of various medical issues for soldiers who who came back from duty and our government is dragging their feet on providing them benefits many of whom are are fighting for their lives uh, and and trying to pay medical bills are are thousands and thousands of dollars in debt trying to pay medical bills after serving this country right like all these so-called patriots and talk about don't disrespect the flag all this where's your outrage when our own government is disrespecting the military our military veterans and there's so many different things like you talk about unemployment is a huge thing for, for many veterans, um, homelessness, physical handicaps, poor mental health. But nobody seems to be out crying about that. Right. They're more pissed off that somebody like Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee when there's actual real disrespect happening to our military. And it's happening at the hands of our own country. And we could probably have a conversation about this at another time. But that's like my, one of my biggest gripes when it comes to the right and these so-called patriots and these conservatives, it's like, you know, don't talk about America. America is the greatest country on earth, you know, salute to all our military and active service members, you know, our veterans and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is you're not getting outraged over the mistreatment that they've been having for decades upon decades. Where is your outrage there? Like if you truly were a patriot and and wanted to support these people, go ahead and, and actually take some action and advocate on behalf of them instead of, burning your fucking uh dad nikes uh, because they because they decided to do deal with colin kaepernick like that's where you decide to show your outrage and express your your opinion like that's what doesn't make sense it's the hypocrisy for me that, that just i can't seem to wrap my brain around but again topic for another conversation but i appreciate you for for sharing that please thank your your spouse for their service uh in this country i mean i it's terrible to hear that you guys are not getting the hero's treatment that you you should be getting so um, man, that's that's definitely something, obviously, another issue that is very much uh, not being spoken about enough. Now, with that said, thank you all so much for participating in our Ask a Gringo segment. I always appreciate hearing y'all's opinion and, and you guys, uh, you know, kind of put me on to different things at DJ Dramos on Instagram. If you want to be a part of these conversations and uh, let's end things off, of course, by tying everything into a neat little bow with a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Mm. All right, so uh, I know this is a bit of a longer episode, so I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. I try to see the optimism in everything and, and really try to look at life through, you know, the lens of glass head full. It is a bit difficult in seeing what we're seeing. I mean, essentially, summing it all up, we're seeing Republicans double down on their crazy and and having no shame in flat out lying and creating all kinds of bullshit just as long as it keeps that money and then votes coming in. And on the other side, we're seeing the Democrats just continue to be spineless. Biden not coming through on the promises that were made um, to the people that were actually responsible for putting him in office. And it's going to be very scary to see the races for governor uh, next year. And then, man, in, in 2024, the presidential election is going to be another scary moment as well, um, because it really just seems like the Democrats don't know what the fuck they're doing. And those of us who have supported them and, and look to them to be uh, the advocates for change and fairness that we've been longing to see, they have just dropped the ball in every single way after being put in the best possible situation that you possibly could. You know, they, they have shown that they either don't have the balls to get things done 
or in the case of people like uh, Joe Manchin or, or Kirsten Cinema, have no shame whatsoever about letting you know that their loyalty lies to the people that are lining their pockets, i.e. big corporate America. So, man, uh, I wish I had some more positive stuff. I mean, listen, you know what? With the World Series in baseball, that right there is a, a positive thing, right? So we can we can conclude on that. Uh, like I was saying with my conversation with Hector, representation matters, you know. So that is a, a beautiful thing. With that said, I appreciate you all for tuning in to today's show. And before I go, make sure you check out my YouTube channel. Uh, I feel like a lot of people don't realize I put out weekly videos on YouTube. It's just uh, youtube.com slash dramos official. I do weekly vlogs, different um, kind of pieces of inspiration that I like to share on there. Uh, and just different videos that give you a little bit more insight into my life. So check that out if you haven't yet. I will catch y'all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Stay safe, and I'll talk to y'all then. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 en español.com. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.